Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, as always, for checking out the Abstract Athlete Podcast. We have the greatest listeners and sponsors, so we want to say thank you for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. We have two other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network. We would love you to check them out. The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich podcast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and check out our websites. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for information on subscription boxes and on upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Excited about the podcast today as I speak with an amazing artist, an entrepreneur, a Stanford graduate, and a former ranked squash player, Julia Gillette. We're going to chat about her passion for art and creating and how it inspired her to establish an incredible non-for-profit called Art Empowerment for Life, something she started when she was in high school. Also going to talk about her journey as a highly ranked competitive squash player, including her time at Stanford. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at Julia underscore Gillette underscore. Let's welcome Julia Gillette. And I start right in and we're already recording. <laughs> we don't mess around here. Um, well, thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no, totally. Like, again, I, you know, I think there's so many things that overlap with what we're doing, what you're doing. Um, it just seems like a really natural conversation. Right. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, I always like, I always like to say, you know, this is really truly your platform in some ways. Um, it's just like, you know, to put everything that you're doing out there. And, um, cause I think a lot of the stuff you're doing is like really cool. Like, I mean, I'll just jump kind of right in and, <laughs> and sort of start the conversation. Then we'll just go wherever we go. But, okay. you know, I, first of all, like I, in, in, you know, we don't have to talk about this immediately, but I'm interested how you got into squash for one, but I know that you had an, or you have an older sister that also played at Stanford. Was that like the kind of the entryway to that? But like, also it's just like you, like you have so many interests uh, and so many things <laughs> that you do. I, I don't know a better way to say it um, because you graduate, you're like, you graduated with, a psych and an art history major, you started yeah. a non-for-profit uh, called Art Empowerment for Life. Is that correct? Yes, is that, that okay. is correct. Um, while you were in high school. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think that that, you know, like that speaks to your tenacity, I guess is a good word to say about how important things are to you. Um and so like, I, I think there's just so much to talk about overlap wise, cause you're also a visual artist, uh, mm. on top of having an art history degree. Uh, and you know, and like, I'm interested 
because some of the stuff for art and empowerment, you know, you, you, you've put out a lot of scholarships. A lot of them in, are in Hawaii. What is your mm-hmm. connection to Hawaii? Like, but also right. in, in, in Chicago, like you were born in Chicago, correct? Or not in Chicago, oh. but Illinois. Yes. Um, yep, exactly. But I'm just like, I, like I, there's a lot of things I'm curious about, um, I don't even know if that was a setup, but that was a lot of jumbled <laughs> yeah, words. <exactly>. But <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my kind of journey and interest in both art and athletics is sort of a bunch of different narratives kind of intertangled into one. Um, so, yep. So I can start, I guess, from squash. You wanted to know about. Yeah, just, I, yeah, it can go. I mean, I like, again, you played at Stanford. Your sister, older sister played at Stanford as well. I mean, did you have like an athletic family? Like, and did you have a creative family? Like, you know, like being athletic and creative, like I always say that everybody is born creative. We all sat around the kitchen table with crayons and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But most, most people stop. Athletics is kind of a different thing. Like I think most kids play, not everybody plays sports. I mean, most kids probably start out playing sports, but they, you know, again, they kind of fall away where I think both of those things are so important to development mm-hmm. um, and, and not just as a kid, but just for the rest of your life. So I guess, right. yeah, like, like family histories of that, those things as well and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So in terms of squash, I was a really quiet child when I was younger. I was definitely an, an extreme introvert. And so I kind of had trouble expressing myself and, Uh, my emotions through words. So I kind of tried to find alternative ways to express myself. Um, And that came a lot with athletics. Um, And so I'm a pretty like gentle kind of quiet person. And so, but you know, like athletics gives you that avenue to sort of express that kind of more inner drive and passion and um, more of those stronger emotions that, you know, we all have. That aggression, is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yes, exactly. That aggression that really doesn't come out day to day, but definitely does on the squash court. Um, And so my dad actually played squash a lot and he played doubles, which is really fun because you can um, play with like friends and everything. But basically it was just me and my sister playing doubles with my dad against um, his friends. And so it was, it was a lot of fun uh, to be able to spend that time with my dad um, and my sister as well. My sister and I are not competitive at all. And so (laughs) it was just like a very fun kind of uh, sport to play with her. And then we got more serious um, and started playing singles. And we had a really great coach. His name's Aiden Harrison and he's from England. And um, he trained us and got us really passionate about uh, competing and, and playing squash. And so that's what we did um, probably from the ages. We started about around seven. So my sister started at seven and then I kind of started when I got to the age seven um, and we played are you, are you just a couple years younger? Is that three years younger? She, yes. Okay. She's, a, she's a, like three years older than me. Exactly. Um, so we played in the junior circuit of squash, which is kind of this crazy world <laughs> where um, it's a very small community, but it's a lot of um, East Coast people play squash. And so we played in the junior circuit and um, that was a lot of fun. We traveled a lot with my parents and we did that all throughout middle school and high school. Um, and that's also kind of how I got interested in 
art um, because I was looking for those other kind of alternative ways to be able to express myself. And so while I was playing squash and um, using that part of my body and that part of my brain um, to sort of express my more <laughs> aggressive parts of my personality and the anger that I experienced <laughs> as a human being. So um, that was really great for that. But I also um, loved art as a way to express myself and it. That's kind of how I sort of communicated with other people and even, you know, with my family was through art. I would always have like uh, pencils and, and paper with me wherever I really went. Um, so I was just going to jump in like, so at, like at a young age, you kind of understood like that, that benefit of, we always use the term exercise, the body, exercise, the mind, you kind mm -hmm. of understood that these two things really work well together and they can actually benefit one another. Like exercise, physical exercise can actually bring about creativity uh, and, and vice versa. Like creativity can actually help your performance on a, on a field or a court or, or a, a rink or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No, I mean, that's, that's completely right. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who were on my squash team at Stanford who also did a lot of um, dancing. I know one of my friends, she was our number one squash player and she danced also, and that was kind of her creative outlet, but it also helped her be a better squash player because right. she could, you know, it was lighter on her feet and was able to um, have joy in, in the movement of squash because it reminded her of dancing. Um, but yes, art and, and sport are definitely intertwined. Um, but so when I was younger, I took a lot of art classes also because I just wanted to become a, a more um, knowledgeable artist and kind of get the technical skills down, you know. Um, so I started, I was lucky enough to be able to go to the Art Institute of Chicago um, to take art classes. And then my connection with Hawaii is that my grandmother lives in Hawaii actually on Maui. And there's this wonderful art studio there called the Hui no Iao. Um, art studio and they provide classes to children. And so I took uh, classes there when I was a, when I was a child and um, it was a really wonderful community for me and um, kind of gave me another avenue to be able to make friends and express myself through art with other people who are also doing the exact same thing. Um, and so I realized though that not everyone can um, afford to take art classes because art is really expensive it's, it's expensive. You have to pay for paints and you have to pay for pencils and, you know, all of the materials are really expensive and then the art classes themselves can be really expensive. And so that's where I decided to create the nonprofit to um, help people who are, who are like me, but also just, you know, everyone tap into their creative, um, their creative passion and have that self-expression that I found through art. And it was, um, that's kind of where the idea got, uh, was born. No, it is. It's it's pretty a pretty beautiful thing because it is it is true. Like I don't think people realize that, particularly in in school, people that which had to be interesting for you because you didn't take art. Well, you took classes at Stanford, correct? Mm -hmm. But you didn't major in or minor in a studio practice, right? I did not. No. Okay. But it's like, I think I getting to my point, sorry, that I do think that people that are not in art school 
they just think, oh, you're an artist. You like whatever. It's just fun and 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 you know like blah blah. And it's like no, it's actually really difficult. Like it's very like absorb. Like it it totally takes over your mind and um and it is expensive. <laughs> it's more exp- it's more expensive than these books you have to buy, and exactly. like in the long run. And it's so it's always been funny to me that there is this kind of misunderstanding of. A, the importance of creativity, but just how much it kind of overtakes us in a good way. I think in a positive right. way, that absorption of, and I, I, I've, I've been having these conversations with people recently, and you'll probably agree, I hope you agree, <laughs> that I, it's, I think it's funny that in society, art is just kind of looked down on in some ways, where mm-hmm. I truly think that art should not just be there but it should be required of Definitely. us uh, mm-hmm. and and not just one shoot off oh you have to go take your little art class in college no i'm like you should take multiple classes because this is actually beneficial to us like i tell my students now it's like what if you started doodling before or like while you're studying and you take like a little doodle break just watch how your anxiety and your stress levels go down what if you doodled right before you took a test? Would that help your performance in a test? Right. There's studies that say that it does. Right, and exactly. I wish I would have known this stuff when I was in school because I was a horrible test taker. And I just, I, I would be interested to see if this would have benefited me. Definitely. I mean, I think we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago and you said that if everyone took 10 minutes out of their day to doodle, the world would be just a better place, (laughs) like a happy place, a more at peace place. And I completely agree with that. And I know you've you've had Dr. Sifu a lot on your um, your show. (laughs) And he he said uh, that art therapy, there doesn't need to be any more studies on art therapy because (laughs) because it's already been proven, you know, it's already- And Dave, Dr. Dave, I'll call him Dave. uh, We're really interested in, and he's he's right about that, by the way. There, but we're interested in this proactive approach to being creative, as opposed to the therapeutic. Because it's it's you know, I don't want to say we coined the phrase, but we use it a prehab approach as opposed to rehab. Because mm-hmm. I am I'm always of the opinion and, and belief that if all of us are doing creative entities, whether that's writing music, poetry, dancing, whatever your creative outlet is, if you're doing that every day, that roller coaster of life is not so dramatic because you know now what works for you. Exactly. You know? And so it's not, it doesn't become, I hate the term art therapy personally, because it art is therapy. Like it's just inherently embedded in it. So it's kind of redundant to say it for me, like, but it's like, if you're doing this on a daily basis, you don't need the therapy because it's already embedded in your daily Mm -hmm. ritual. I mean, maybe you need, maybe you need to do it more if like you're having a better or worse day or whatever. But I, it's, it's funny because Dave, Dave is so like, obviously he's like literally one of the top brain doctors in the world. Right. And he is so adamant about how important having a creative practice is. Whereas, you know, he's like, you don't need the pills. You don't need the, you know, 
electric electric shock treatment or whatever like sit down with a pen yeah, and, please do electric shock treatment i don't know yeah. i just went i went to a deep place <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no i totally agree i mean instead of you know take your daily vitamins but also take your daily like do a little he, break. he disagrees and, with that too like he he's he's all about like you get all the vitamins you need with what you eat um yeah. so which is interesting to, like there's so many interesting things that he's brought up in discussions like one of the real reasons or not the reasons but one of the first things that my co-founder and i how how the abstract athlete came about was we were talking about head injuries mm-hmm. and you know does creativity can it actually physically help with recovery from from you know brain injuries and he's yeah. like absolutely it can because and going to my point was I've had multiple concussions, two really bad ones. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly both times doctors, like you shouldn't sleep. You shouldn't sleep. You have to stay up, make sure right. somebody's yeah. watching you. And Dave is like, that's bullshit. He's like, the best thing you can do is rest. And also get, get back to work. Not, not maybe as intensely as you were doing beforehand. Like maybe you shouldn't be physically active, like normally or something, but you should right. be getting back into that system because you're trying to recover. And right. so it's just interesting. Right. These right. things, right. yeah, these things that at least I was taught when I had my head injuries were just, it, they're not true. It's just yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit mind blowing mm-hmm. um, to, to know what art can do in a very physical way. You know, it can help your brain recover. It can help yep. you relax. It can help you, um, not feel that stress and anxiety yep. that comes with concussions. Were um, you, I mean, were you actively when you, cause you just graduated last year, right? Yes. 2020. I'm trying to remember what year it is now. <laughs> last year didn't count. We're just, that's a do over. Um, were you actively while you were in school, um, like considering those things like a creative practice to benefit your physical performance? Definitely. I, I think that, you know, when I think about art, I think about it more as something that I just do every day. It's kind of a part of me. And so I wouldn't really like consciously think about, you know, the connection between art and athletics, but, you know, I would every day be playing squash and doing art. And so those were kind of like my daily tasks. And, um, I definitely think that it's benefit uh, benefited my athletic performance just because it it allows me to to not bring emotions that I haven't um, I guess uh, processed onto the court, and so I can process you know stress and anxiety you know through art. But once I get on the court, then I can be more focused and be more tuned in um, to that kind of uh, performance. We're going going to your your squash because you were a highly ranked squash player growing up, as your sister was. Like you had like a, you know, were you uh, was Stanford like the goal for you, um, or you know, because I mean, in recruiting process, you know, I I got recruited to play baseball at multiple schools around, and that process is you know it's not really fun in some ways it's kind of weird but um I mean was like 
because your sister went there and where like, did it become more of a goal um, in that manner? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm probably right. asking this really. So I think, but. I think it all goes back to the coach. Um, right. So our coach was Mark Talbot. And to be completely honest, he's the best squash coach ever. <laughs> and so I honestly, I, I, I chose, you know, Stanford because of the coach. Um, and I think that, you know, he helped my sister grow as a person throughout college. He helped me grow as a person throughout college. And he is, you know, very similar. He thinks that the same way where he encouraged everyone to do creative things outside of, outside of squash. You know, one of my friends, Casey, I, I mentioned before, she uh, did a lot of dancing. And so, you know, a dancing is a very um, athletic uh, task. And so, you know, some coaches might discourage their players from, um, from dancing alongside being an athlete because maybe they'll get injured or, you know, it's just like a distraction from, from squash, right? But he was fully just totally supportive of, of her and she was our number one player. So, you know, if she got injured through dancing, that would be unfortunate for us. But um, he was fully supportive of, of that and it made her a much better player. Um, she was, you know, just happier on court and connecting that movement with that creative expression through dancing um, definitely flowed into her squash and she was able to, um, you know, enjoy the competitiveness of squash. Whereas if she didn't have dancing, I don't think, um, it would have been as pleasant of an experience for her. Did, is squash an Olympic sport? It's not, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it used to be though, didn't it? Am I crazy in that? I think it's been in the running a lot to be okay. an Olympic sport, but it always falls a little bit behind, but it is a professional sport. And, yeah. Um, I mean, is that, was that something you were thinking about growing up? Because obviously like it was so much a part of your youth in some mm -hmm. ways. I mean, was it like, were you thinking U S national team or, or, um, or professionally, or, I mean, obviously I, I assume you still play, Right. So I definitely trained, you know, as hard as I could, but I never really <laughs> reached that athletic peak where I could um, join the national team. But I did have two teammates, Casey and Chloe, who were on the national team and they um, they're really talented. Um, but I went into college and I really had no idea what I wanted to study in college or what I wanted to do it like after college. So I went in and I was just so honored to be able to play with the players on my team because they're all so talented that I definitely didn't count out, you know, maybe training really, really hard and, and becoming a professional squash player. So that, that wasn't something that I completely wrote off, but right. yeah. Did, did you, uh, I mean, it's interesting to me, like, cause I'm obviously older than you, but growing up for me, like I played like lots of different sports, like a, it kind of funneled down to when, when I was in high school is football, basketball, and baseball, but I played a lot of tennis growing Holy up. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I actually, I, if I had chosen tennis, I probably would have been really good because I just, because I I have a, an arm, like I, I was a quarterback and I was a center right. fielder. Yeah. So I could, so my serve was just like, Powerful. you know, like, I, yeah. <laughs> And, but it, it was, it fell into baseball season, which was my, at the end of the day was my true love. But mm -hmm. I also like swam competitively growing up. Did you play other sports as well? I mean, you did. Yes. So I played tennis um, and that's very, you know, similar to squash, yeah. a little bit different grip and everything, but 
yep, tennis was really fun. Um, but besides that, I did not play a lot of other sports just because I was kind of, I'm not sure how you balanced all of those different, you know, training for everything because I found it, you know, very Just, it's different times. I mean, I don't think we didn't like train, we just played. You know, I think that, that it's one thing that I think that I've talked to, I can't remember who it was on a podcast at one point in time, that the specialization of sport now is so much different than when I was growing up. Like, I believe at the end, like, I think I was still in, I think it was in high school. I don't think it was junior high. I took some quarterback lessons from like a two former professional quarterbacks. Um, and I went to like camps, but it was mm-hmm. just, it, it's just different uh, now. Right. It's like a lot more monofocused. Right. right now. And I'm not sure that that's great. I, mm-hmm. I actually, you know, I, I was literally talking to somebody about this the other day is my senior year in high school, I quit football um, because I've just, I, I realized I, I didn't, I didn't like getting hit. <laughs> I didn't mind hitting. Sure, sure. I know sure. it's a funny thing. Cause I I've talked to actually professional football players about this. Like I was a quarterback. I hated getting hit. I didn't mind hitting somebody because I knew it was coming. <laughs> but like when you get hit, like it's sometimes it's like, Oh, yeah. but I, and I really just focused on baseball. Um, my senior year in high school and I didn't have as great of a year. And I do wonder sometimes it was because that hyper focus mm-hmm. where I, I mean, I still had that opportunity out of high school to get drafted to play baseball. And I went on to play baseball in college, which wow. was the wrong idea. I should have gone to play professional, but my parents had a different idea. So, but blah, blah, blah. Um, but at the end of the day, like I do not, not that it's a hindsight thing, but I, I do have those, those kind of, concerns for kids growing up that that specialization of one sport is that good for us or when you're playing other sports you're working different muscles you're kind of taking your mind off of that specific thing that you are interested in but Mm -hmm. it's just interesting so yep definitely I think that you know what you learn from one sport can leak into what you learn from another sport um definitely I mean it's just how dancing can help you become a better squash player right uh, yeah, I definitely agree that people should be diversified in their athletic pursuits. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think the art thing is is something that I wish that I would have had had what we give. <laughs> this not to like that sounds really weird, but have these things where I would have understood like the benefit of creativity more than I was still the weird athlete that was taking art classes. I I still to this day remember. Yeah like the art students, like when I was in an art class, just like, what the hell is this guy doing in here? <laughs> right. Like, I'm just like making stuff. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's still something that exists. You know, I yep. think that I remember in high school, there were a couple of football players in my uh, ceramics class. Right. And, you know, they were having trouble kind of controlling the, the clay and being a little bit delicate with the clay. Um, but, you know, it definitely should be encouraged more to have athletes uh, kind of tap into that creativeness that you know exists in everyone but maybe they have just not had the avenues to to engage with and, and going that's a good little transition there thank you for your you, you brought up clay like you're you're very diverse in your creative practices like you you have your website right julia gillette fine yeah. but you do lots of different 
things like you paint you've something that's called objects which i love i actually have objects as well that i oh. make um <laughs> and you do clay and glass so like again the diversity of of how you're thinking and creating i think is really interesting and and also beneficial cuz again that's the beauty of creativity is there is no real it, it's infinite in some ways right. um and that is there i guess my question what i'm getting at is there is there any creative practice that you feel is kind of the one that you love more than another like i'm a painter at heart that's what i love to do but i also draw and i'm a musician and 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 you know um i guess maybe singing is is up there with painting but i'm like curious like what what is the thing that you like gravitate most towards right so i think that's an interesting question i i practice art because it helps me reframe and i like that term reframing because there are just certain kind of emotions or experiences in life that are difficult to face head on and so art gives you a way to um sorry there's a motorcycle <laughs> that's <laughs> um, a good one by the yeah um art gives you a way to kind of manifest that trauma or that a really hard emotion to face into something that is um, concrete and physical that you can touch and you can see. And if you want to, you can destroy, <laughs> you know? So it's kind of like, here's this trauma that I've experienced. I'm going to take control of it, make it into an object that I've made that I have control over what it looks like. And I can smash it on the ground if I want to, you know, I can destroy it if I want to. And so that's why all of my art pieces I think are quite diverse is because I sort of um, go off of why I'm making it. And it's always because of something emotional, <laughs> you know, something that I've experienced. And I just feel like this need to kind of put it into an object. And so that's kind of what all of those objects represent. So I think, you know, there's a glass box in there and it just, the material kind of called to me. It wasn't something that I went out looking for, um, but that's kind of how I felt it represented um, the, you know, event that I was trying to capture. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it's painting um, and, you know, not wanting something that is three-dimensional and wanting something, wanting to kind of diminish a very um, hard emotion into something that is only two-dimensional. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, the, the diversity of my art pieces is just a, a result of kind of the diversity of the emotions that I feel to make <laughs> those art pieces. Um, yeah. No, and painting is hard. <laughs> painting is really hard. I, I always, I, because it has. I'm not a realistic painter. I cannot. Who you know, cares? I, I, that's <laughs> so, I always get that from people that have not done creative things for a while like students or whoever were trying to inspire and why well, don't even know how to draw a stick figure and i'm well then don't draw a stick figure yeah, exactly. like you know like if you want to do something that's is more realistic that'll take a little bit more time but maybe maybe you want to paint or draw or, or do something that is like the experience of the moment you know right and mm -hmm. which is how i actually paint um mm -hmm. and and how i think but that's the other thing is again, like there's, there's infinite ways to create. There's infinite ways to like, think about creativity. There's no, there's no right or wrong to this. And right. that's the beauty of it. 
if you go back to like, you know, Jackson Pollock or Helen Frankenthaler, they they have like, you know, similar, it seems like similar processes to, to you where they're very um, physical with how they paint. They pour paint, they, you know, move paint with their hands. And um, I think that that, you know, that is a wonderful way to create works is the full body kind of immersive experience with your art. Quick reminder, make sure to follow Julia on Instagram at Julia underscore Gillette underscore. Also a reminder to listen to the other podcast on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms or check out our websites. You can also follow Tony on Instagram at Tony Mandridge or on Twitter at Tony underscore Mandridge and make sure to stop by his website to check out his incredible photographs at TonyMandridge.com. Now, back to Julia. How, how do you think like the art history and psychology degrees have, have they both helped you in the way that you think about stuff or, or frame like, or reframe like as you used how you're thinking about your own creative practices? Um, so I think that that connection just naturally came far before Stanford, just because I was kind of merging the psychology of, you know, social anxiety and not really being able to express myself. Um, and then pairing that with, with art and then suddenly being able to express myself. And so it was just a very natural, um, sort of avenue that felt very natural to me. And I think is just in itself a very natural pairing. Um, but I, you know, even more so now after taking those art history classes, you learn about, you know, those artists and why they created their art and what it, you know, represented for them, especially abstract expressionism. I just like love abstract expressionism. Um, so definitely, you know, that became really clear the connection between psychology and art history uh, in those classes. I remember learning about this one artist named Agnes Martin. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I love her works. They're so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it, I think, you know, it, it was thought that she might've struggled with schizophrenia. Yep. And um, she created these paintings that were extremely organized, you know, straight lines across the, the painting. And, it just helped her kind of, she, I think she said that she had, ne she was never more relaxed than when she was, you know, drawing those just completely straight lines. Cause it was the only time when she had complete control over her mind and her emotions and her thoughts. And that is a very clear way that, you know, psychiatry and, um, and art are intertwined. Yep. Do you, like, that's another nice transition to like who, and th this can be like multi-layered question, I guess is who inspires you? Like, are there, I mean, obviously there's artists that inspire you. Are there any athletes that inspire you? Obviously you mentioned your coach. I mean, your sister probably does in some ways, your, your parents probably do, mm -hmm. but um, like, who are the people that like you kind of resonate with? Definitely. So shout out to my sister. <laughs> and I love her so much. She is like my role model and will always be my role model. And she is one of those people I think who doesn't immediately think of herself as someone who's creative, but is 
so creative, you know, and she just maybe doesn't see it or hasn't been given the avenue to express it. But I'm sure she's, you know, even more creative than me probably. But I think that um, the people who inspire me most are people who follow their passions and aren't afraid to try things that they might not naturally be great at. Um, so as, you know, like as an artist and, um, as someone who's also, I'm interested in medicine, you know, I'm a pre-medical student. And so those things don't normally go together, but finding the connection between two things that, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm naturally, uh, tuned into art, but not so with the sciences, you know, so that's something that challenges me. So kind of pairing two things that, that might not go together. I know Dr. Sifu said that he is always in the pursuit of improving and becoming interested in new things and never stopping. You should never reach a stopping point. And so people like that really inspire me. Um, you know, they're, they're never satisfied. They always wanna learn more. Um, I guess in a line, it would be people who are in the pursuit of knowledge and just learning about things that they don't, they don't know about, you know, whether that's different cultures or different um, types of therapies or like Dr. Sifu, who is so talented at the, the brain. Everything. <laughs> at everything, it seems right. But that's because he's always interested in learning more. Um, so just never being satisfied with how much you know and always wanting to, to learn more and to push yourself and broaden your mind, you know. Well, I think that goes into something I say a lot. I mean, not my phrase, but I always love that stay restless or stay curious phrase because mm -hmm. I, I do think that's so many people and again like it just life takes over but they stop and there's an evolution to staying curious there's mm -hmm. like we evolve we you know we we creativity like is really parallel to me in in critical thinking um and 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 it, it opens up what's that good i was just gonna say definitely oh yeah no i i think it just it opens up the way that we think and and kind of respond and deal with the world. Um, but you also said something that kind of, uh, I resonate with also that I, I, um, I preach a lot to, you know, students and to people we work with, um, is that kind of not being afraid, um, and, and especially not being afraid to fail. I think we kind of, Art is a failure-based entity, um, and that's fine. Like I, I and I, I connect it to baseball, like as a you know, because that was my sport. Like in baseball, and I've said this many, many times on the podcast, but you're succeeding thirty percent of the time. Right, thirty percent success in society is like you're like you are awful, and I yeah. think that actually. <laughs> we should think about things more in that realm of, because I do think that there is a fear that is created in us, whether it's through academia, it's like, if you mm. don't get a 90% on this test, like you're not going to succeed in life. And, and right. As a pre-med student, I can I'm fully sure you like, and <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, it's one of those things where I think we evolve better when we're not scared to try something new. Uh, when we're, when we have that kind of resistance to stuff, we're not, we're not growing. I fail. I, I love the phrase you either win or you learn. Be that, yep. Yep. 
because it's true and and it's and and winning obviously is awesome like <laughs> but but at the same time it's like those learning experiences are the things that make us move forward right i mean that's you know part of evolution is learning what works and what doesn't work and i completely agree i think that's an extremely important connection between um athletics and art there's you know no other part in your life where you're kind of encouraged to fail and where failure can become something that you can grow from and become better from um you know when you're drawing i mean i'm sure you throw away so many different drafts but the next one just gets better right and you eventually are left with something that you're extremely happy with and the same with um practicing you know, I failed so many times playing squash in college. Like I lost a lot, <laughs> you know? And so um, it's just- I struck it, out a lot, I, I, you know. Yeah, you know, but you kind of take those experiences and you only learn from them, you know? If you if you let yourself, you only learn from them, you know, if you uh, take it as a as a positive thing rather than a negative thing. But I think those, those are, there are so many, and I don't want to get into like, because it would take hours, but there's so many connections between sports and art. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Endless. And <laughs> it, it is. And I think, you know, both are so important in our formative years because, you know, like we, especially in sports, you understand competition, you understand like discipline and, and having a ritual, like taking that to a creative practice is something that a lot of creative people don't have. So it's interesting, like when, when athletic people bring that into an art sense and the right, art right. people get to see that, but then the creative people show the athletic people different ways to think. And that collaborative element is so beautiful. Like it's, it's some of the most rewarding things that I get to see is like when I have these classes with these mm -hmm. students that are, you know, truly on, you know, air quotes, separate sides of the, the campus, you know, right. And it's just, it's, it's amazing to me, like when it happens, I mean, that literally the first class I had of this, th this class I developed called art and athletics, which is again, parallel to, um, right. and Dave's, Dave's been a part of this as well. The first class I had was like, I think 20 students were in the class and it was split down the middle. There was 10 athletes and 10 um, art type people like from different departments. And it was like the art people were on one side of the room and the it was like a high school dance and the athletes were on the other side of them. And it's like, by the end of the semester, there was like total collaboration. Like the athletes were asking the artists questions, the artists were asking athletes questions. And it's like, where else do you get that? Because yeah. we're, we're almost told that we're supposed to be on separate sides of the room. Exactly. But it's like when you bring like bring them in the same space. It's like, Oh, we're really not that different. Right. We have different interests, but actually we have similar interests and we really want to know each other's interests. Yeah, exactly. Like we're not that different, but also the differences that we do have are going to really benefit, you know, each other because yep. <laughs> you can learn from them. So what, I, what is, what are you studying pre-med? Like what's your, your path? Yes. So right now I'm doing all of the hardcore pre okay, the horrible stuff. <laughs> no, they're, they're quite wonderful. And just, you know, like, I think I was reading a little bit about your podcast too, and you, you merge athletics and art, but you also merge science obviously yep. with Dr. Bithu and everyone um, and all the doctors and wonderful 
people you've had on your podcast, but I love the idea of STEAM. So like <laughs> science, technology, engineering, art, and math, I think it yeah. is what it stands for. And, um, and so just finding connections in those pre-med classes where you can really kind of get stuck in the weeds, yeah. you know, organic chemistry uh, can be a little bit tough. But the beauty about organic chemistry is that it's so abstract, right? <laughs> you know, it's almost kind of like art where yep. you're just drawing a lot of hexagons and like, you know, um, and like all of these molecules, you can really make it a creative process. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the same thing with, with physics, that idea of colliding, you know, different ideas can be like constructive interference of two waves, you know, you just get bigger and better. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, creativity that exists in science and so that's kind of what I've been trying to remind myself of you know throughout this whole process of such a grade oriented um yeah you know, learning process right is just taking that that not so great grade figuring out what you did wrong just like you would figure out you know what you did wrong in your serve or what you did wrong in your footwork yep. right and then trying to apply it to the next opportunity to um prove yourself <laughs> but what like is I mean do you have have any idea like which direction like are do you want to be an md do you want to be uh a, do you want to be a brain right. surgeon <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> well definitely i you know my goal is to be an md okay. and to kind of try to to push this idea of creativity and health and how you know they're one in the same you know a lot of what dr sifu and what you're doing is exactly what i would want to do in the future honestly i think i really believe in it and i think that it could help a lot of lives but also just making it accessible to people because, yep. you know, a lot of these kind of fancy ways to improve your health are just not accessible to. They're not accessible. Doctors. And I think they're very uh, not, you know, this is a broad brush, but a lot of them are like so specialized into one thing. What we're trying to talk about and, and the beauty of, of Dave is like, he also like, he's a vegan. So he talks about like what you put in your body as a wellness component as well. Like we're, our platform, even though creativity is kind of a big part of it, we're still talking about this balance between a physical, a mental, and what you put, you know, in your body, like nutrition wise. And so right. it is like a whole health platform um, and how we can become better as humans, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it is, it is like there is that trying to knock down stereotypes and different walls and stuff. Cause I, you know, like I do yoga myself, but I do, and, and I meditate, but I do realize that that's scary to a lot of people and they right. don't like it, but everybody can pick up a pen. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> drawing, drawing is meditation. Like it, it's a form of meditation, getting in the flow, you know, yeah. athletics, you know, we call it getting in the zone. You've probably been there where you just like, it's like tunnel vision. Everything just disappears. And, yep. and so like, those are the things we're trying to get people to understand. It's not hard to get in those spaces and you can find something you like. That's what I like. I, I try to encourage people. It's like, I'm a painter, but I, if you don't want to paint, don't paint. Like, what right. do you like to do creatively? Like, it's easy to sit down on your computer now and write music. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to write a poem dance? Do you want like, what, what do you want to do? Because I want you to enjoy it because if you enjoy it, then it's fun and you're yeah. going to want to do it every day. And mm -hmm. I mean, I love, I, I exercise every day physically. 
but I try to alternate different things, but I still love it, you know? And yeah. it's almost like when I don't work out, I'm like, Oh, I, I, I got to work out. To yeah. And it's because it becomes part of my routine and we always talk about physical exercise in that sense, but it's like, why don't we talk about the mental exercise the the creative exercise in that same way, right. As, as a beneficial element to our day. Right. And, but we yep. don't because people are like, Oh, it's just art. You just, and it's like, no, that's, at, yes, it is that too. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you enjoy it, but like, you're also getting the benefits out of it. And again, to have a person of Dave's caliber saying these things, it's like, it's really great. <laughs> right. It's, really it's just, it validates what, what we started. Um, and, you know, we have other doctors that we work with that really truly validate what we're talking about and it's that's you know i'm just like i i'm just an artist and a former athlete but to have doctors like saying <laughs> this is true like that well, once that, again you know getting people who might be sitting in the different sides of the classroom you know together can be a really wonderful thing it is it's absolutely like i said it's the most rewarding um experience and and the people that i get to meet and have on the podcast have you know like it's it's truly again it's 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 humbling because i like i had we work with veterans as well i think you probably knew that and i've I, like i have veterans you know they're friends now but like contacting me about different things and it's just like i can't i can't write a better way that i'm living my life now um in that sense where it's like i'm i i don't want to say i'm helping people but i'm facilitating spaces for them to are helping people yeah, for sure well i mean you know i don't ever like to like take any credit like that but i i i it's just fun like and it's also fun to like connect like athletes and veterans and just artists and just having them all in the same space and talking and and just again like to me it just knocks down walls exactly because i you know it's like you know like again like people like you i think I, I say this all the time on the podcast and people probably get sick of me saying it, but I think people like you are inspiring because I think what you've done in your short time on this planet is encouraging. Like it's like starting a non-for-profit, like you were an athlete, you're an artist, you're in pre-med now, like you're doing all these things. I think people can look at that and go, oh, well, she's doing, I can do it too. It might not be the same path, but it's just, I can, I can be creative every day because Julia's and it's like, you. you know, I mean, but it's true. Like I always, I, I use this example all the time. You know, we work with former pro football players and, you know, you, th you think of football players as these macho guys that, you know, right. they're not sensitive. They're just, they're tough. And, but like we work with something that just make the most beautiful artwork. And mm -hmm. if you can walk into a room with these guys and a little kid looks at them as like a superhero literally because they're huge, but right. then they, you can see the artwork that they make. It just, it starts knocking down these kind of who we are and what we are. Right. And it's exciting. So. I mean, creative people inspire creativity in others. And so, you know, as you spread uh, creativity, it's going to be even easier to kind of incorporate it in your own life yep yep um do you watch other sports 
All right, so March Madness coming on. Okay, that's that's what I was getting. That was I, I was know, wondering. My, my sister is really into March Madness. Um, oh, nice. Stanford but. didn't make it though, did they? Oh, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to comment. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I plead um, the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you like? You know, like you are. You just started pre med. Um. Like what are, what are like goals? I don't want to do, do that. I do a typical question sometimes. What what are your five-year plan? But like, what are your just goals in the future in general? I think just kind of exploring how I can incorporate uh, creativity in medicine and trying to meet as many people as possible who are also interested in that space um, and just learning more about that space and, you know, how I can make that difference. Um, and you know, again, I think goals, goal-wise is to make it that inaccessible thing for a lot of people. Um, because, you know, you can kind of give lectures on, you know, how eating healthy foods will, will, will help, you know, your overall wellness, but there are food deserts, you know, people don't have like healthier foods are more expensive. And so just kind of making all of these things more accessible and learning about how I can play a role in that. Um, you know, it's just, I'm one very small puzzle piece in this giant, you know, puzzle that is like health and, and wellness. And so kind of learning how I can be, uh, or play the most impactful role that I can. Um, Are you, you're still like really involved with the non-for-profit, I assume, but you're probably not as much as, as you were at the beginning. I mean, I, mean, I correct because you're busy. <laughs> right. So I am super busy, but luckily we do uh, your like annual donation. So every yeah. year we provide these scholarships right now we're directly working with the Hui uh, on Maui and um, because they just have made such a big impact on that community and provide opportunities for these children to take these wonderful art classes. Um, and that's, you know, another wonderful thing is, there are Hawaiian children who, you know, they can use art to learn more about their own identities and their yep. culture and everything like that. So it's just a wonderful uh, art studio. And um, well, and especially so- now, I mean, I was looking at it yesterday during during COVID. Like it's it, you know, this is a super stressful, anxious, riddled time for right. all of us art more than ever right now right no I, I i we've been saying that since last year like uh, absolutely it's it's you know like my sister is a nurse and she actually works wow. in covid units and i you know we sent a bunch of kind of um like daily kind of creative practice type things to I mean, like almost like coloring pages but it's again right. it's just like trying to take them out of that mental space of being in that space daily like because it's just i i mean for it's just it's not fair what what the medical people have been going through i know it is it's yeah it's been a hard hard year yeah and it's it and it's like what what you know what could we do and like in 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 the simplest of ways it was just sending those where Mm -hmm. you know where the nurses can just go in a room and just like color for a while and just like like breathe right Um, yep exactly especially you know if you're not able to go outside and get fresh air you know you're kind of stuck in your box apartment during this pandemic you know having a coloring book you know one of those mindful meditation coloring books or um something like that can be a game changer for sure 
No, and it's, you know, like I actually just started doing some in-person classes for the first time in a year, um, two weeks, two weeks ago. And it's, you know, I'm not super comfortable with it, to be honest with you, because I work with a lot of student athletes and a lot of student athletes get COVID because they're the team thing. And it's like, um, you know, but it's, I'm, you know, being cautious and and doing all the the regulations and stuff. But I think, you know, like I'm trying to be there for the students because they're starting, like, really it's like, what a horrible time, you know, like, cause you, well, you is, when is squash season? Is it in the spring? It is. is It's kind of the fall and then beginning of winter. Okay, so you were able to finish your season. I was. I was yeah. one of the lucky ones yeah. who was able to to complete their season before COVID. But you know, a lot of you know, your a lot of athletes, their athletics are their life. That's how they express themselves, and to be completely cut off from that is yep. really really difficult. No, it's I I dealt with that a lot last year, and it's just like it was just gone. You know, mm-hmm. we had we went on spring break, and then we never came back, and then the people that were in season. It's, it was just over. And it's like, for some of them, they were graduating and that was it. And that, that kind of trauma of that is, that's tough. And so again, creativity is such an important element in that moment because it's like, (sighs) I got to breathe. And this is my, this is my outlet now. Exactly. So, um, I don't know if I have anything else to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I I probably do. But, but I like, I think, you know, like I, I'm excited to like really think about doing stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one of the things I talked about to you the other day is like, we just bought 20 acres. Right. Right. And I it's think a lot on your horizon, it seems. Yeah, no. And I think it, you know, that's something that, you know, you, you've done like stuff that I think could fit in out there where, we could do a workshop with you and, and that connection of like how you are, you know, talking about the connections between sport, art and science. Um, mm-hmm. I just think like future uh, collaborations is, is a must because right. I think oh, that there's so much overlap um, and um, just excited about that. I'm really excited about what you're doing um, and excited that we're put in contact because again, I do think that there's, real, real overlap and real potential of, you know, growth of, of what we're talking about. Um, yes, for sure. I mean, so. it's really exciting. I know you were talking about that, what you want to do with that land and, you know, maybe incorporating some outreach programs yep. and um, kind of a one-stop shop for athletics and creativity and really whatever. Well, and it, I mean, that's just one place. Like we're talking about getting, you know, doing little not little, but we call them art gyms across the country. Um, And so this is kind of just the first of many in our, in our long-term plans. And, you know, and, and the thing would be the way we're kind of thinking about it is, you know, maybe the Montana one is, is the bigger picture, but then maybe these places around the country, like maybe in, in Arizona, this is more of a photography based space maybe the in New York upstate New York it's more of a painter specific space right with the athletic component as well so it's like it becomes like really interesting that people can go different places across the country to like do these 
almost modules in different places. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. Very so exciting. now super excited about like, as I said, just like staying, staying connected and, and, um, and working together in the future, because I do, I mean, you know, I'll, if you ever need me to like talk to the people in Hawaii or go to Hawaii, I'll, you know, I'll just get on a plane. I'll go to Hawaii. I have no problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, be happy to be happy to do stuff. So, oh, um, thank you. but I do like, you know, just, as I said, I just really appreciate your time and, and coming on and, and really, you know, letting everybody know like what a cool kind of life you're living. Well, <laughs> Congratulations thanks. on your great life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know we, we all have, you know, thanks for trying to improve and, yeah. and work on and stuff. Um, but there are actually a lot of uh, professors and uh, MDs at Stanford who are really interested in this space and in integrative medicine. So I definitely want to, you know, maybe I'll give them your podcast name and yep. they can well, and uh, put, put us in contact. I, I, I we've actually, I, I think I told you that we have a funny Stanford connection. Oh yeah, I, the, uh, a baseball player. I right? talked to a, a baseball player who I think he might be a freshman, so you guys might have missed each other. Um, yeah. And then um, I talked to that. That came because I was given the information for a guy that's the uh, what I don't remember his title. He's like a, a sports writer for Stanford. Oh okay. Um, and so he got me in connection with somebody else that got me in connection with the, with the baseball player. But then, um, uh, the abstract doctors, we've had a couple Stanford people on there as well. Oh yeah. I think, I think you mentioned so that. So it's, it's just a, it's a funny connection and I love Stanford. Like that was like, that was like a dream school to me to go play baseball. It's a really special place. Definitely. Oh, I love I just, the area was, I'm actually trying to find the names of the doctor there was a doctor i can't remember who it was there, there was somebody else that was from stanford but anyways but yeah no don't don't hesitate to like um to like connect us to other people just like you know e email connect is totally cool so, awesome. so but much. um what's the timeline for yeah this will be out uh april 26th i think Ooh, so yeah about a month um and if you like, I think I might've mentioned this. If you have any musician friends, um, okay. if, if they want to donate a song to the podcast, if not, I, I put music together. So it's no big deal, but I always ask people if they want, because then it makes it a little bit more personal. Right. Oh, 100%. Okay. Let me, I'll think on that <laughs> for sure. So, I have a lot of friends who are great singers. Oh, cool. That, that'd be awesome. So, but yeah, um, let's just stay in touch and, um, and, you know, bounce things off of each other's platforms and, and keep moving forward great so, i really appreciate it it was very very nice of you to oh no me. just <laughs> I, I just love that dave put us in contact because i just think he realizes he always calls me the connector like i'm like i'm thank god my the business partners are business savvy because i'm just clueless <laughs> in that world um but i'm i'm like the outgoing woo so it's like I, i'm always like trying to get get people involved in this and so i'm glad dave put us in contact so don't ever 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 hesitate to reach out um and we'll um yeah let's stay in contact cool. awesome thank you so much awesome all right have a good day thanks you too Bye. so my
much fun talking with Julie today. Absolutely love her passion and her drive. She's doing some, you know, so many incredible things uh, with her own art and her non-for-profit. Again, it's called Art Empowerment for Life. Again, make sure to follow her on Instagram at Julia underscore Gillette underscore. Do not forget to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge podcast. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and check out our websites. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes see you next time when we talk with a truly incredible artist and former navy seal justin hughes thanks as always and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind stay well out there